Hello, everyone. This is episode number 11 on Unspeakable Bliss podcast. So I am dual live streaming, as you can tell if you're tuning in on uh, Facebook uh, live or the replay. Uh, Yesterday, I sat down and I reviewed my journal entries from about the last year. And it was quite the profound experience. Not only are they journal entries, but they're also contemplations, uh, reflections, uh, experiences that I'm having. And uh, for that reason, I have created from that uh, the 39 most impactful quotes, contemplations, and lessons on meaning, freedom, and joy from the last 371 days of my life. Now it's 372 days of my life because I added a quote yesterday. And the reason why I'm doing this live on Facebook as well, uh, it's just because, well, I haven't done a podcast episode in a little while. And uh, these are just some of the most profound insights that I've had over the past year or so. And I wanted to share it um, with you all here on Facebook. So after I upload the video after I upload the podcast, I'm doing it live on Zoom. Um, I'll put the link. Maybe I'll make another post, but I'll definitely put the link in the uh, comments here on Facebook. So before I get into this, um, I'm going to keep this to one hour, give or take. I may not get through all 39 of the contemplations, quotes, and reflections. And without further ado, let's see. And I'm not just going to read through them either. I'm also going to offer some of my own insights and contemplations on the quotes as I read through them. They're also not all quotes. Some of them are my own writing too. And that's the other reason why I'm doing this. Like these are really just, I would be very grateful if somebody that I was, uh, friends with or was following or uh, someone that I'm interested and curious about distilled the best. This is just like the best stuff that I have basically uh, from the last year of my life. And so I'm sharing it with you here. Uh, Also, this uh, everything that I'm talking about, um, as it does have to do with meaning, freedom, and joy, uh, is applicable to paradigm shift, path of the heart, free being you. These are some programs, unprograms rather, that I'm offering where I work with people one-on-one and in groups to live a life of freedom, courage, and joy on your own terms. So if that interests you, uh, after listening to some of what I'm sharing here today, feel free to shoot me a message and we can talk about that. All right, episode number 11. The first quote, uh, it's actually from Pablo Picasso. So I'm really inspired by Pablo Picasso because uh, not only was he an incredible artist, but he was also an incredible businessman. Uh, when he died, he had close to a billion dollars. Um, oh, also, one one final side note. Um, as you can see, I'm outside. So there's going to, there might be a lawnmower, birds in the background. Uh, that's just, this is the way it is. And so I did a training. I did my uh, everyday meaning and magnificence training. And somebody that was 
in the meeting asked me, are these Zoom trees? <laughs> these are not Zoom trees. These are real, real trees here live in Cleveland, Ohio, not fake Zoom trees. But they do look so perfect that I could see, I could see how someone could think they might be Zoom trees. Okay, let's dive into it and we'll stay with it here. When you have something to say to, this is from Pablo Picasso, when you have something to say to express any submission, suppression rather, becomes unbearable in the long run. Picasso told him, one must have the courage to make a living from one's vocation. So yeah, like I said, Pablo Picasso, there's a little side story I'm gonna share as well. And it's more of a parable uh, as in I've looked up if this is true or not and I can't, I can't find that this has actually happened, but I think it speaks to Picasso's uh, abundant mindset with his art instead of being a starving artist. So one day uh, Picasso is sitting in a cafe in somewhere in France and this woman sees him drawing on a napkin. It takes him like 10 or 15 minutes to, to complete this drawing on this napkin. And he goes to throw away this, the, the napkin that he was drawing on. And before he does, the woman that saw him drawing on it asks, she says, can I have that? And uh, he looks at her and he says, sure, that'll be $15,000. And the woman says to him, $15,000? Why? I saw you draw that. It, it just took you like 15 minutes. And Picasso looks at the woman and says, no, my dear, this has taken my entire life. So I got to love Picasso, uh, an artist and a very wealthy uh, businessman. So there's quote number one on courage and making a living from one's vocation. Here's a second quote. This is actually from me. And this is back uh, about a year ago when Zadka and I were in Bulgaria, when this was coming through, I believe. I was rushing around toward living. I think this actually came through in some really intense, during a really intense breathwork session I had. I was rushing around toward living a peaceful life instead of simply living a life full of peace. Why? One who lives a peaceful life knows this unspeakable answer. I'm not going to analyze that one, but I will read it again. I was rushing around towards living a life of peace instead of simply living a life full of peace. Why was I doing this? One who lives a peaceful life knows this unspeakable answer. Hmm. Yeah, I'm definitely not going to get through all 39 of these quotes and contemplations today. So we'll just get through what we can get through. And then I'll have a part two of this podcast. And this may well turn into uh, a training of sorts as well, like a lecture training, sort of like the everyday meaning of magnificence. We'll see. 
Okay, so this next quote comes from the Tao De Ching. The Tao. And this also came through during an intense breathwork session that I was having. Uh, it's from a Wayne Dyer chill step. So it's got like really cool relaxing music and then Wayne reading some uh, parts of the Tao. And this one just really just touched me so, so deeply. And so I get to share the wisdom transmission with you. A knower of the truth travels without leaving a trace, speaks without causing harm, gives without keeping an account. The door he shuts, though having no lock, cannot be opened. The knot he ties, though using no cord, cannot be undone. Be wise and help all beings impartially. Abandoning none, waste no opportunities. This is called following the light. What is a good man but a bad man's teacher? What is a bad man but a good man's job? If the teacher is not respected and the student not cared for, confusion will arise. However clever one is, this is the great secret. Know the strength of man, but keep a woman's care. Be a valley under heaven. If you do, the constant virtue will not fade away. One will become like a child again. Know the white, keep to the black, and be the pattern of the world. To be a pattern of the world is to move constantly in the path of virtue without erring a single step and to return again to the infinite. One who understands splendor while holding to humility acts in accordance with eternal power. To be the fountain of the world is to live the abundant life of virtue. When the unformed is formed into objects, its qualities are lost. If you preserve your original qualities, you can govern anything. Truly the best governor governs least. Do you think you can control the universe? So again, that's from the Tao Te Ching, which is uh, a small book on gover governing a country, but it's also governing oneself, governing the individual too written thousands of years ago. Ain't nothing new under the sun. Okay, here's a quote on meaning, meaning in life's purpose and suffering. By the way, just a side note, the reason why I focus so much on meaning uh, in Paradigm Shift and any of the programs that I've done is because if there's meaning, then uh, we can tolerate or at least begin making sense of the suffering that exists in our lives in the world. And uh, yeah, for, I was just talking to a dear friend yesterday where meaning, joy, and right livelihood meet, sort of this, this triangle, if you will, in no hierarchical order, but where there's meaning, there's joy, and then 
right livelihood uh where those three intersect it's really an intersection point uh rather than a triangle that that's where the that's the money shot for me because if i'm enjoying it but you know if you have if you have joy without uh meaning i said to, to my friend yesterday i said you know i could just eat snickers bars all day but there's not if there's no meaning to it and I, get, I don't know, maybe someone could find meaning in, in that. But if, if it's just joy, and, and what I mean by simply joy, I mean just um, pleasure, just like that could, from my experience, turn into hedonism or uh, nihilism and just feeling that there's a, a certain pointlessness. Because when there is the challenges or when there is the suffering or when there is the, the pain, um, all of that pleasure doesn't seem to make as much sense as it once did. And when you have meaning, when I have meaning and I'm enjoying what I'm doing, which ironically, the thing that I love doing is helping people find meaning <laughs> in their life and living their life's meaning. Uh, but when you find meaning and joy in whatever it is that you're doing, then I submit that you're doing it um, for the sake of itself. You're not necessarily doing it as a means to an end you're, you're you're simply doing whatever you're doing because it is meaningful to you and you're enjoying it and that's why you're doing it it's not like um maybe i'll just use an example mowing the lawn that if you find meaning and if you find joy in that then that that could be the thing but for some people it's like oh, i gotta get this done you know i gotta i i have to do it and it's maybe it's meaningless because maybe the way that that person makes their money to uh, to own the land that they live on, to mow the lawn or to pay the lawn care person, if there's not a, a deep meaning in their relationships, in their in their job, in their life, if there's no meaning, uh, well, meaningless is inevitable, and that gives rise to lots of anxiety and depression, or to greater or lesser degrees. And then the third part of these um, three intersections between meaning joy is uh, right livelihood uh, or professional action. And if those three meet, then there is the means to the ends being meant and meaning and joy. Well, that's, uh, that's the Holy Trinity right there. So this next quote comes from Bernardo Castrup. Uh, one of the videos that I watched of his, uh, or maybe a podcast, I just transcribed a little bit of it just because it was so profound uh, and touching and true in my experience. Suffering is probably not going to come to an end, but the most important thing is that all of that suffering is pregnant with inevitable and overwhelming meaning. Meaning is the most important thing. Meaning takes place over pleasure, achievement, and outcome. If you have meaning, you can go through anything. Life is not about the absence of suffering. It is about the presence of meaning, ooh, 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 baby. If you have meaning, you can go through anything. Life is not about the absence of suffering. It is about the presence of meaning. This world can take happiness away from you, but nothing can take meaning away from you. Why cannot nothing take happiness from you? In this case, happiness would be meaning. Meaning is not something that you make. It is something that is inherent in nature. The will, speaking of Carl Jung, 
the will, the will to meaning. The will is trying to figure itself out. This is according to Schopenhauer and Carl Jung. If you see it, it is robust. Meaning is there. I'm getting goosebumps from this. Hmm. If you have meaning, you can go through anything. This is so, as I'm reading this quote, sharing this with you, <coughs> excuse me, and doing it on the podcast, this is really just for me. <laughs> I mean, these, these quotes, so much richness, these contemplations, these lessons, and I'm literally here reminding myself of this. So I'm doing it for myself as much as I'm doing it for anyone else listening or uh, watching, hearing this. This is also a continuation of that quote from Bernardo Castro. Psychologically take the path of least resistance. It is the thing that you do. He's talking about the, the thing uh, that we do to find meaning. It is the thing that you do before you think about what you need to do. It is the thing that you do before you think about what you need to do. I literally had a conversation with someone about this this morning. When need gets in it, then we feel like we have to and we must. Then we start doing stuff that we think other people want to hear instead of doing what is intuitively naturally important for ourselves. So psychologically, take the path of least resistance. It is the thing you do before you think about what you need to do. How smooth is it to, do, to engage in activities regardless of how smooth it is or not? Go with what feels most natural. Going with it is going with the flow. Whether you succeed or not is utterly unimportant. It's about how natural it is to engage in that attempt, regardless of the outcome. This, well, sharing this with you actually is one of these things. Uh, it doesn't matter to me what the outcome of this is. I find this inherently meaningful. Writing, writing is another big thing that I find a lot of meaning in. Uh, and just having deep, meaningful conversations with people around meaning uh, and happiness. So that's why I do that uh, often, as often as I can. And uh, I remember in the same video, Bernardo was talking about, by the way, Bernardo Castro is sort of like a social philosopher, writer, author. Um, anyway, as I was, just lost my train of thought. Oh, that's right. Bernardo talks about how psychologically taking the path of least resistance is akin to like when your life is just feeling fucked, you know, when you're feeling like you don't know what to do. Uh, there's a, he gave an example, like there's a, a terrible storm outside basically. And it's the thing that you'll do, even though there's all of this chaos going on that naturally has meaning. And for me, because I've been in this situation, it's writing, it's writing, it's speaking, it's sharing in this way. I'm like, oh, that's the thing that I would do <laughs> when shit's hitting the fan. So that's what he's inviting, uh, inviting in is in psychologically taking the path of least resistance. It is the thing you do before you think about what you need to do. It's the natural thing. How smooth is it to engage in activities regardless of how smooth it is or not? Go with what feels most natural. Going with it is going with the flow. Whether you succeed or not is utterly unimportant because it is about how natural it is to engage in the attempt regardless of outcome. All right, I'm gonna pause there. So let's see, that was the first one, two, three, four, five, five contemplations, 
quotes and lessons in the last 371 days. I'm definitely not going to make it all through all 39 of these. This is going to be like a three or a four part, <laughs> part podcast. Uh, let's keep going. This is, uh, I'm, I'm going to invite you wherever you're listening from or if you're watching to see this if you like as more uh, of, a, of a meditative contemplation. This is the Heart Sutra. It's an ancient Buddhist uh, sutra as recited in the Trinitana Buddhist community. The Bodhisattva of compassion, when he meditated deeply, saw the emptiness of all five skandhas and sundered the bonds that caused him suffering. Here then, form is no other than emptiness. Emptiness, no other than form. Form is only emptiness, emptiness only form. Feeling, thought, and choice, consciousness itself, are the same as this. All things are by nature void. They are not born or destroyed, nor are they stained or pure, nor do they wax or wane. So, in emptiness, no form, no feeling, thought, or choice, nor is there consciousness, no eye, ear, nose, tongue, body, mind, no color, sound, smell, taste, touch, or what the mind takes hold of, nor even act of sensing, no ignorance or end of ignorance, nor all that comes of ignorance, no withering, no death, no end of them. Nor is there pain or cause of pain or cease in pain or noble path to lead from pain, not even wisdom to attain. Attainment too is emptiness. So know that the Bodhisattva holding to nothing whatsoever, but dwelling in prana wisdom is freed of delusive hindrance, rid of the fear bred by it, and reaches clearest nirvana. All Buddhas of past and present, Buddhas of future time, using this prana wisdom, hear then the great Dharani, the radiant pearless mantra the prajna paramita, whose words ally all pain, hear and believe its truth. Gate, gate, paragate, parasama gate, bodhisattva. Gate, gate, paragate, parasama gate, bodhisattva. Gate, gate, paragate, parasama gate, bodhisattva. Well, that's like the most epic thing I've ever heard, ever. The Heart Sutra as recited 
in the Trinata Buddhist community, the Bodhisattva of Compassion. So when there is a, a Bodhisattva, most of you, I imagine, listening in on this this far know what that is. But for those that don't, a Bodhisattva is uh, someone that has dedicated their life to the liberation uh, of all beings. And this, it's the Bodhisattva of compassion. When he meditated deeply, had all of these experiences, which is pretty sweet, pretty experiential. <sighs> Is this? I'm curious if you watch this on Facebook, or I think there's a place to comment on the podcast too. Is this useful? Are the gems the most valuable things of my life over the past 371 days? Is this useful to you? I hope it is. That's the idea. Genuinely. Okay. These are some notes that I took on uh, a book called Know Thyself, An Explanation on the Oneness of Being by a, I think he's a Sufi poet, mystic Baliani, which it's not even sure who that is because it's written such a long time ago, but it's really epic. Uh, and... Uh, it's very practical. So when I read some of it, it might sound, there's like a certain way to receive what I experienced to be the truth of this. If what Baliani is writing about is true, it sounds very mantra-like, but it's also like when I heard it, I'm like, oh yeah, that's a really beautiful way to say what is hard to even talk about. So, but that's why we're on Unspeakable Bliss po podcast talking about that, which is nearly impossible or totally impossible to speak of. Okay, no notes on Know Yourself by Baliani. So I'll, I'll share when I'm quoting it and then when it's my response to the quote. Uh, and again, uh, the word God is used here, uh, God and him, but God is God and him. Uh, to me, it's a, a synonym here for the creator, the, that which is responsible for creating everything in existence so whatever you want to did you see that there's a well on zoom you could see it there was a robin a red robin that just flew up there uh, so feel free to receive it with whatever word or pronoun you choose you enjoy uh, using when it comes to god the creator again i wanted to define god here that whatever it is that created all of this Okay, then God showed him what is other than him as himself without the existence of what is other than him. Okay, what, what does that mean? What does that sentence mean? And God showed him what is other than him as himself without the existence of what is other than him. So here's what I, the meaning I make out of that that there is no thing other than the fundamental nature of reality or God. And in truth, the fundamental nature is not definable as a thing, nor is it definable as no thing, because it is beyond descriptive quantification or objectification. Nor is it definable as everything and no thing. 
it precludes any definitional quantification or qualification for the fundamental nature of reality god showed what is thought itself to be as other than itself so there's that quote quote, quote the part of the quote it says what it thought itself to be as other than itself him as only the fundamental nature of reality without the existence of what is other than the fundamental nature of reality because there is no other than the fundamental nature of reality god i think that's pretty damn accurate interpretation of that and if someone else has read that text and has an interpretation or studied it or looked at it super would love to um hear how you're interpreting that okay next quote from it so that the just that first sentence that i read was from know thyself and it's just this sentence here as well you see him and you do not know that you see him they're using a capital h to use a synonym for god as him you see him and you do not know that you see him so here's my interpretation of that sentence your existence does not disappear oh no excuse me this is still um from this is still part of the know yourself text not my interpretation of it so I'm going to start that one over again. You see him and you do not know that you see him. Your existence does not disappear, but your ignorance does disappear. What you are does not cease to be, but your ignorance disappears. I am that truth. I see myself as I am. The benefit of knowledge of the self is to know for certain that you are neither existent nor non-existent, that you are not, never have been, and never will be. In this way, the meaning of there is no goddess, but goddess becomes very clear. There is no divinity other than her. Being belongs to none but her. There is no other except her. There is no goddess but she. So that last part was, in fact, my interpretation of it. last little quote from this one may god grant us success in what he loves and in what satisfies him in word and in deed knowledge and practice light and guidance he has power over everything and is able to respond to every request there is no power or ability except in god the sublime the magnificent so there's that know yourself baliani and all of these anything that i'm reading if you just google it or find it very easily as well should you wish to explore further i don't feel like putting all the links in the show notes it's a pain in the ass okay okay uh i'm gonna read a few more quotes and then this will be Part one of the 39 most impactful quotes, contemplations, and lessons on meaning, freedom, and joy from the last 371 days of my life. <laughs> uh, and yeah, again, if after listening to this, uh, if you feel that uh, you are desiring living more a more purposeful life, a more meaningful life, a more joyful life, a freer life, uh, feel free to reach out to me and we can have a conversation to work one-on-one -on, -one on that uh, or in one of the small group programs that I have.
here's a here's a little one by me how do you wake up if you're not sleeping how do you wake up if you're not sleeping this one's a good one this one's also for me too a breadcrumb is more of a feast than a whole table of food when consumed with gratitude a breadcrumb is more of a feast than a whole table of food when consumed with gratitude. It almost rhymes too. Magnificent. I'm going to share that with someone that would love to hear that. Okay. All right. I'm going to do two more quotes and then that will be part one. This was a download and insight that came through that I recorded uh, by yours truly. If you want more pressure in your life than cr to create something greater, allow more space in your life. Sounds like a paradox, right? If you want more pressure in your life in order to create something greater, allow more space in your life. With more space, there is more room for more pressure to build. But don't give yourself too much space. If you have too much space, pressure won't be able to build. Just the right amount of space and the right amount of pressure creates exactly what you want. Equanimity. Okay, this next quote, I'm gonna do two more and then we will call it a day. So this next one is a quote from Anandamoy Ma which I first read in Autobiography of the Yogi some time ago, really just oof, such a deeply, deeply touching uh, message that she delivers here. This body has lived with father, mother, husband, and all. This body has served the husband. So you may call it a wife. It has prepared dishes for all. So you may call it a cook. It has done all sorts of scrubbing and menial work. So you may call it a servant. But if you look at the thing, the body, from another standpoint, you will realize that this body has served none but God. For when I served my father, mother, husband, others, I simply considered them as other manifestations of the Almighty and served them as such. When I sat down to prepare food, I did in spirit of divine service. Hence, I was not quite worldly, though always engaged in household affairs. I had but one ideal to serve all as God, to do everything for the sake of God. Wow. Amanda Moima, you're giving me chills right now. You're giving me chills. Mm. What if that's true? I literally have chills all over. What if that's true? What if every human being in our lives is God in disguise? And we're just being of service to them. And, and, and that's us too. It reminds me of a quote by uh, Hanuman. I didn't write this one down. 
Hanuman's the monkey god in the Hindu culture, religion, the god of service, uh, maybe even compassion too, definitely service. And Hanuman says, when I don't know who I am, I serve you. When I know who I am, I am you. So when I'm, my understanding of that quote is when I'm, when I'm not sure that I am fully the creator or in, in living in the essence of that divine consciousness that uh, is absolutely unchanging. When I'm not, when I don't know that I'm that, when I don't know who I am, I serve that. So I just serve, I serve others. I serve friends, family. I serve uh, my own body because that would be an object in, in consciousness in sorts. And then when I know who I am, then I am you, or there's no when when in there, when there's the knowing, then one is being served. So we're either serving or being served. That's sort of my interpretation of that, something like that. All right. This is a quote by Henry David Thoreau. Henry David Thoreau, the fancy when I say it that way. Henry David Thoreau, and then a little, little something by me. So it's my commentary on Henry David Thoreau's quote. Henry David Thoreau said, the mass of men and women lead lives of quiet desperation. Desperation. What is called resignation is confirmed desperation. This goes far beyond and this is my uh, contemplation on it. This goes far beyond living the life of your dreams. The consequence of fictitiously allowing fear, the consequence of allowing fear to rule will give definition to a you that does not exist. The fear creates you until this idea of you is no longer capable of deciphering truth from falsehood, illusion from reality, autonomy from being controlled. All of this is created from the quiet desperation that is birthed of fear itself. The choice to say yes to who you are in truth and to further act courageously in accordance with the truth of your being is all that can truly be done. This choice comes only from love, not of fear. The other option is to live in the shadows of who you could be, to justify why others can live in this way, but not you, to live in regret, resentment, to dream of what could be, but what is not. The saving grace is the choice of fear is entirely illusory. The problem is to believe in the illusion. This duality of choosing fear or love continues to present itself moment after moment, lifetime after lifetime, breath after breath, word after word. When you say yes to who you are in truth, to all that is, which is love, the choice melts away, choiceless awareness. There never was a choice, only the illusion of such. All that remains, all that ever was, and all there ever will be is the love that you are. A sobering truth that one who has endured much heartache, much adversity, and much resistance may not feel quite ready to accept 
when lost in the seeming world of loss and suffering. Yet I share this with, I share with this being what was shared with me when I felt lost, the unconditionally loving embrace of the divine is always ready to hold you. In fact, you have only ever been held in this love and nothing else. In fact, this is the very love that birthed you, has never let you go and which you always shall be. Until you feel the love that you are, just keep saying yes to the truth of your being in all ways and always. The choice will always be yours until you see that love has only ever chosen love and nothing less. Okay, that's it. So this is part one, probably going to be three part, maybe even a four part podcast. And maybe I'll keep doing it on Facebook Live. We'll see what the reception is like. Uh, well, I'm going to do that because Lodka just hopped on. That's my divine lover for those of you that don't know. Divine lover goddess, actually. That's what she's in my phone as. And that's what she is. She said, I love you in the comments. So I love you, my love. Everyone else, I have love for you. Even if I have not met you, I wish you uh, the maximum alleviation of suffering, a life of meaning, of joy, of purpose. And I'm happy to uh, assist you if you're sincere about that in working with you in Paradigm Shift, a group program or a one-on-one -on -one program. There's many ways that I can that I can be of support and of assistance. So uh, enjoy the last day of August, 831, 2022. I will be back with Moss. Thanks for listening, everyone.